0: This is the Holistic Travel Nurse um, podcast. I have this episode where I want to have my guest on that is also, I'll have to reach out to her, being that she has been in Australia, Australia has been a hot point in situation and uh, the stuff that's been happening there, but with that said, um, the Health Ranger put out stuff, so I'm going to take a little bit of what he's got, maybe the whole thing because I don't know, man. It's interesting. He really breaks it down, but he didn't brings it down to the turpentine,s all the other things in nature that we can do to maybe aid with the blocking of the spike protein. All right, about that you know, cannabidiol. Uh,
1: well, not a lot of people have heard about CBDA, and a CBDA, as I said, is protective against the spike protein. And once again, isn't this amazing? Proving that cannabis is Mother Nature's medicine that can even help potentially protect us from, you know, plagues <laughs> and, and spike proteins, all kinds of things. But there's something you need to know about CBDA. Now, I worked on a method in my lab for it seems like it was over a year. Yeah, it was well over a year. Myself and some colleagues were working on a method using a single quad mass spec to uh, quantitate cannabinoids including CBDA using just a a simple single quad instrument. Uh, I guess it's not so simple, but it's simple compared to a triple quad. So anyway, we did a paper on this and it's published in the uh, LCGC journal. And it was a couple of years ago. It was one of the most popular articles of the year. It's in chromatographyonline.com if you want to read about it. And it talks about the quantitation of cannabinoids in cannabis extracts using uh, single quad mass spec instrumentation. So my name's on that, you know, I'm one of the researchers. Well, it turns out that uh, CBDA is a very fragile molecule. And we, we found this out during the research. Number one, it's, um, it's easy to, to ruin with heat. And what happens is a process called decarboxylation. So there are carboxyl groups on the outside uh, perimeter of the molecule And these groups give the molecule a lot of its structure and function. But under heat, those carboxyl groups are, well, altered or or lost, really. And then it it reverts to CBD. So in other words, let me say it this way. When cannabis is growing in the field and you just take leaves or even stems from it, You'll have a ratio of CBD to CBDA. And that ratio, it might be, I don't know, let's say five to one. And that that's where it begins. But but if you heat process that cannabis through a, a hot extraction process, you're gonna lose the CBDA because you're gonna lose the carboxyl groups, and then you're gonna end up with more C B D. So whereas you, you start with five to one, let's say you're gonna end up with just like six parts. CBD and zero CBDA. So if you are actually looking to get CBDA, you have to make sure that you're getting a CBD product that has not been heat processed and not even subjected to high heat during shipping. Because CBDA is very, very fragile. And yes, even shipping it on a UPS truck, you will lose a certain amount of CBDA. We found this in the lab when we we actually, you know, we purchased standards for these. So we would have CBD standards and we'd have CBDA standards. And the CBDA standards would just lose their potency over time, even at room temperature. There's a certain amount of loss that takes place. And then if you heat it, it, then it's just completely destroyed. So this is really underscoring the importance of what you might say raw foods or raw medicine, raw herbs, no heat processing. It's very important, it makes it more potent medicine. But one of the things that I notice in the industry is that since the, the the emphasis over these years has been on CBD alone that a lot of companies are selling only CBD that contains no CBDA. So a lot of CBD is just isolated CBD that is reconstituted sometimes in you know like glycerin or or some kind of you know liquid or solvent or water or what have you or sometimes you know they make honey with it. And you have CBD, honey, things like that. But the real potency of cannabis is found in the full spectrum of the extracts. And that's where you're going to get, you know, CBG and CBDA. And also, by the way, different variants of trace amounts of THC. And uh, THC, typically it's below 0.3% in these extracts that are offered out there. Uh, There are... Different configurations or polymorphisms of THC. And they actually show up in different times on the extracts uh, when you're using uh, chromatography. But uh, I'm not going to spend any more time on this, but my, my point is that if you want, if you want to experiment with this, make sure you find somebody that's got CBDA at a verified level in the cannabis extracts. And currently I don't know anybody that has that. Not even us, or just nobody. I don't know anybody that's quantitating the CBDA. Maybe somebody is, and I'm just not aware of it, and that's possible. But everybody's been so focused on CBD that they haven't paid attention to CBDA. But as far as I know from the study, CBD does not block the spike protein. CBDA is what blocks the spike protein. So there you go. One more reason, folks, to use the whole herb. <laughs> this is a. The principle of Chinese medicine and natural medicine and, you know, just naturopathy is like, use the whole herb. And you may not even know why, but trust me, there's more medicine in there, in all those molecules. It's like, yeah, you could have ascorbic acid, which is isolated vitamin C, and that has its uses and it's important. But what if you just, what if you ate camu camu super fruits that have high vitamin C, but they have a bunch of other stuff as well? You may not even know what that other stuff is. But trust me, it has medicinal uses. That's the thing. So this is why I love I love advocating for uh, superfoods that have high nutrients. And I'm all about full spectrum nutrition. And not just isolated nutrients. Although, again, they, they sometimes have their uses. But full spectrum is something that's very important. This is why I drink. Essentially I drink salads every day in my smoothie and just stuffing lettuce into my smoothies and I'm growing my own strawberries and I put those into my smoothies. It's actually making me drool right now. I just throw strawberries in there. Yeah. Strawberries are high in vitamin C, but what else do they have? All kinds of stuff, stuff that maybe scientists won't even figure out it's useful for another five to 10 years. But should you be eating whole strawberries? Absolutely. Especially if you grow them yourself and they're completely pesticide free which is what I do. I just wish it could produce more strawberries. It's it's not a huge amount every day. I get like two or three berries out of my current uh, hydroponic system. But you know what? Hey, two or three berries is better than zero. So, you know, eat what you can grow and grow what you can. And by the way, given what's coming with the food supply restrictions right now, if you don't grow food, you're probably gonna be really hungry. So, you know, grow to augment your food, save food, you know, stockpile food, have some storeable food, but also learn how to grow. And uh, sprouting is the easiest way to get into that. And you can, you can throw sprouts into your smoothies and you can just drink sprouts. I mean, I know it's not super delicious with the sprouts. I, I prefer to drink kale and lettuce. Sprouts can be like, whoa, that's a little tangy right there, but it's the easiest, simplest way to get a lot of good nutrition. And yeah, you can blend them up and just add lots of bananas and coconut water and you'll be able to choke it down, trust me. All right, now moving on to other urgent issues of our, our current fight for human freedom. Uh, the, the mayor of DC, Muriel Bowser, I think that's her name. She declared a two week state of emergency for the District of Columbia. And th- this actually happened uh, yesterday or the night before. And so this is already underway. Now, according to the state of emergency, which I'm not even sure how they could possibly enforce this, but according to the, the directive, you're not allowed to leave your home unless you carry with you proof of vaccination and an ID. So let's just start with the, the obvious hilarious point in all of this. So in America, especially in D.C. and other Democrat-controlled areas, you're they, they say it's racist to require an ID if you're voting because they want to of course have all kinds of fraudulent voting taking place, but to leave your house you have to have an ID. So, so all the arguments they said about why it's racist for voter ID, how come those don't apply to leaving your house with an ID? I mean their argument is that poor black folks can't get an ID and therefore requiring a voter ID is racist. Well if poor black folks can't get an ID, how can they get an ID to leave their house? And if you can't leave your house, unless you already have an ID, how are you supposed to go get an ID so that you can leave your house? You see the obvious catch-22 here, which is just another example of insanity. But that's just the first part of this. You also have to carry proof of vaccination status. So this is one of those show-me-your-papers moments. Now, which, by the way, you know, ding, another conspiracy theory just came true. You know, it's not its not like... Um, the Jimmy Stewart movie, like every time a, a bell rings, an angel gets its wings. No, every time a bell rings, another conspiracy theory just came true. <laughs> it's like every every hour, another one. You know, they, they said, oh, there won't be vaccine passports. There are vaccine passports. They said, oh, there won't be vaccine internment camps. Oh, there are vaccine internment camps. You know, they they said uh, you won't have to take more than two shots. Oh, you got to take more than two shots. It's just on and on and on. But now it's like you're a prisoner in your home, unless you have paperwork to prove you've been vaccinated. You're a prisoner. Now, if they really start to enforce this, imagine what this is going to look like. The only way to enforce it would be to have vaccine checkpoints on the roads. So, you know, you're driving down the street, you're turning into a neighborhood, or you're, you're on a highway or something, and you get flagged over, and everybody has to go through, the, onto the 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 side road or something, and they're checking vaccine passports. That's going to happen in America. Yes, being another conspiracy theory will come true. That's going to happen because that's the only way they can enforce this. So let me ask you this question. You think about the answer. If they're checking for vaccine passports on the roads or wherever, and you don't have a vaccine passport, what are they going to do to you? Well, one of the obvious answers is they're going to take you to a COVID internment camp. Exactly. Now you might say, well, well, they'll fine you. Okay, they might start doing that. Oh, here's a $100 ticket. Or here's a $500 ticket. Or if you're in Australia, here's a $5,000 ticket. You know, because they're really crazy about that in Australia. And again, they may start with fines, but but before long, they're going to start taking people out of their cars and taking them into the COVID concentration camps. So they'll say, well, you violated, you know, the, the, uh, emergency order. And according to this law and they'll roll out a sheet of paper, uh, we can detain you at gunpoint and throw you in a concentration camp for 30 days or forever, whatever we decide, yeah, come with us, you know, and then they just rip you out of your car, take you away from your family and throw you into a COVID camp. That's coming in America. That's going to happen in Washington state. It's going to happen in California, it's going to happen in in D.C., in New York, you know, unless we stop them. Now, all of this can be stopped if people would just rise up peacefully and say enough is enough, say we're not going to participate in this nonsense, it's over. This whole thing could be stopped. But as long as people go along with this, they're just going to keep ratcheting up the tyranny. While the globalists laugh to themselves, they're like, oh my god, I can't believe these morons are still cooperating. It's incredible. What can we do next? And it was like, Let, let's try this. Let's just rip them out of their homes. How about that? See if they'll go along with that. Let's uh, take their children away from them. Let's see if they'll go along with that. Let's make them take seven shots. How about that? If you If you go along with it, there's no end to this. If we resist it peacefully and with determination and based on human rights, then this whole thing ends. But I still don't see enough critical mass awakening that this is going to end anytime soon. Because from what I see, people are still going along with it. You know, the oblivious masses. Because for some reason, they just love to be told what to do. Like, wear a mask. Yes, sir. You know, take a shot. Oh, I can't wait. Take another shot. Oh, please. You know, just everything. They just they want to be told what to do. They want to be slaves to a medical martial law totalitarian system. So they're going along with it. So I don't know where this ends. But in the meantime, if you are stuck in the wrong blue city, such as D.C., you're going to be a prisoner in your own home. And so the reason I mention all that is because I I have to get to this urgent appeal, this message to you, which is your time to escape the blue cities is almost over. So for those of you who are still in Blue Cities, and I know it's not that many listening to this. If, if you've been listening to this podcast, you've, you've fled the Blue Cities probably long before now. But some of you, I know you have uh, situations. You might have a family member in a nursing home in the city or near the city. You might have a job that you can't leave for whatever reason. You might have children in school. I don't know. Maybe you just like living in the city. I, I don't know. But what I'm here to tell you, is that your time to leave is rapidly uh, closing. That window of opportunity is slamming shut. And they're going to have medical martial law, which is essentially what Mayor Bowser just announced, okay? So it's no longer a conspiracy theory to say that there's gonna be medical martial law in America. It was instituted two days ago in DC. Now, as I've said, This isn't going to happen everywhere all at once. It's going to happen in certain locations in the blue cities, which is what I've said over and over again. So this is happening, you know, in DC, it's going to happen probably in Seattle. It's going to happen in Los Angeles and various California cities and New York City and so on, probably Chicago and, you know, we could name others. But it's not going to happen everywhere. The problem is if you haven't fled the blue cities, By the time the medical martial law is in place, then you won't be able to bug out without risking being arrested and thrown into a COVID concentration camp because you don't have a vaccine passport. At that point, they may force you to get vaccinated just to leave their city. Now, what's fascinating to me about this is you think about totalitarian countries like North Korea. They build fences and walls to keep people in. Because people are trying to flee North Korea and make it, you know, to South Korea or somewhere else. Probably even trying to flee to China. <laughs> it's like, you know your situation is bad when you're trying to flee to communist China to escape your own country. But people try to flee North Korea so they build fences to keep people in. And the same thing was true in East Berlin, you know, in the Cold War. That's why they had the Berlin Wall. It was to keep the people on East, the, the East side of Berlin to prevent them from fleeing to the west side of Berlin, which was you know, the, the Western capitalist side of all of this, whereas the east side of Berlin was the communist side run by essentially the Soviet Union. So everywhere that you have totalitarian governments, they have to entrap and enslave their people and make them prisoners to prevent them from leaving. Well, that's what Mayor Bowser just did in DC. You can't leave. You are a prisoner in your own home. And if you don't take the shot, you're not even going to be allowed to bug out. Unless you're just lucky and you happen to evade, you know, the checkpoints. But now we're talking about the kind of people who lived in East Berlin who had to try to sneak across the Berlin Wall, and they might get shot doing so. Just go look at the old videos of that. You can probably find them on YouTube of citizens, you know, try to scale the barbed wire and climb the fence and sneak across. And they were, they were shot, shot to death by the soldiers. Well, that's gonna happen in DC. That's gonna happen in New York City. That's gonna happen in Seattle. And in fact, the new law in Washington state, the one that's being proposed now to legalize the COVID concentration camps says that a health officer can simply declare that you might be infected with something even if you have no symptoms and they can say, well, the police are going to have guns and arrest you. And if you try to flee, you might get shot. That's, it's, it's ripped right out of the Soviet Union. So again, ding, another conspiracy theory came true. We're living in the old Soviet Union in terms of the medical tyranny that, that's being you know, thrust down upon the American people. So what's your answer to that? Well, obviously, don't be there don't don't get trapped in the East Berlin version of uh, Seattle. and all of Seattle is is going to be a danger zone. Or don't don't get trapped in New York City when this thing comes down. Don't get trapped in DC. Get the heck out while you can. And so the reason I bring all, all this up is because I just I, I have to tell you the, the urgency of well the lateness of the hour here your time is is seriously running out everybody's time is and and you might have relatives or friends who live in the blue cities and and they're going to be locked down and in order to function in those cities they're going to have to be vaccinated just to pass all the uh checkpoints of show me your papers so they're going to have to be vaccinated which means a third of them or more are going to die so think about this think about the the twisted philosophy the only way to live in a blue city, as we move forward here, the only way to survive is to commit vaccine suicide so that you have the paperwork to not be thrown into a concentration camp. Welcome to Seattle, Portland, Los Angeles, the District of Columbia, and so on and so forth, New York City, you name it. That's what they're all going to become if we don't stop this thing. You you literally have to commit vaccine suicide in order to not be, you know, exterminated. Wow. I bet you <laughs> there's going to be a lot of people who won't go along with this. You know, there is going to be vast resistance against this. There is going to be an uprising in some of these areas. And I think that's what the globalists want. They want to provoke a kind of civil war. But a lot of people, on the other hand, will go along with this just as people have done through every Holocaust in, in world history. That's the thing. Not everybody resisted. In fact, very few people resisted. You can go back and look at the Holocaust of, of uh, Nazi Germany or uh, Cambodia, the mass death campaigns of Stalinism or, or Mao or whoever go throughout world history. You'll find a shocking truth, which is that most people did not resist. You're like why? Well, because the government didn't come along and announce that this is an extermination campaign, they told them, no, we're going to take care of you. We're going to feed you. Here, come to our camps. You're going to have clothing and food and, and medicine. Yeah, just come on, and hop on the, the boxcars here on this railroad train, and we'll take care of you. It's, I mean, the government lied to them, just like the government's lying to you now to say, all oh, this vaccine's good for you. It's going to help you. It's going to protect you. Yeah, the government's not going to come out and say, oh, we're trying to exterminate you because there's too many people this is a depopulation campaign, you know, please take the shot so you can be eliminated. They're not going to come out with that campaign. They're going to say, this is good for you. Take it, take the shot. Everybody's taking, they're going to pay celebrities to tell you to take the shot. They're going to pay influencers. They're going to give you incentives. They're going to punish you if you don't. This is how it's done, folks. And this is exactly what they're doing right now. So it actually all makes perfect sense. Now, there's something else astonishing about what's happening with all this. Did you see that the CDC director, Walensky, came out and said that vaccines don't stop transmission? (laughs) She said that quite clearly. But in the same interview, she said, but they're working great. Vaccines are awesome. They're, They're working great. You should take more vaccines, but they don't stop transmission. So they can admit the truth and yet still lie to you. And what's funny is that people believe the part of that that they want to believe, and they dismiss the truth that they don't wanna hear. So if you, if you talk to people who have taken the vaccines, almost all of them will say to you that they think vaccines halt transmission. That's why they took them. But if you play for them, Walensky's saying, well, they don't, they don't stop transmission. You can still infect other people the very person who took the vaccine will argue with Walensky. Say, well, no, that can't be true. <laughs> the vaccines have to work. I was told they, they work. I, I was told by the, the media, I was told by Fauci, I was told by Biden, they work. And so they will believe the lie that they tell themselves. But here's something else. Remember the CEO of Pfizer came out and said that the first two shots offer little to no protection hence that's why everybody needs to take the booster shots right you've seen that over the last couple of days so think about it if you if you went on twitter and said uh, the first two shots don't work hardly at all you would be banned for spreading disinformation oh you're guilty of medical misinformation. You're, you're blacklisted. You're banned. But if you're the Pfizer CEO, you can say it, and that's considered a fact. So think about this, folks. If you believe that the first two jabs actually work, then you are now contradicted by the CEO of Pfizer itself, who says that they don't work. I mean, think about the mental gymnastics that people have to go through here in order to believe all the lies. They have to lie to themselves over and over again. And what's astonishing to me is that the the globalists and the people in charge, they can come right out and tell the truth over and over again. Oh, the vaccine doesn't stop transmission. The vaccines don't work. The masks don't work. The lockdowns don't work. The social distancing doesn't work. But you should still do all that stuff and the average oblivious person will say, oh, all that stuff must be working. Folks, that's called mass formation psychosis. That is some serious hypnosis, massive brainwashing that has been taking place among the American people, the Canadian people, the British people, you know, just on and on uh, across Europe and everywhere, Australian people, incredible brainwashing. The brainwashing is so complete that you can literally tell somebody the truth and they will dismiss the truth even though the truth is uttered by the same authorities that they claim to believe. It's just it's just astonishing. Now, for these people who are dumb enough to believe the lies even when these authorities are telling them the truth, admitting it all. There's a place where those people like to go. It's called Facebook. And what The funny thing that's happened is the intelligent, informed people of the world have moved away from Facebook in the same sense that they're moving out of the blue cities. So they're moving off of Facebook and they're going to, you know, Getter or Parler or Brighton.social, for example, or, you know, wherever, alternative platforms. And for videos, they're going to Brighton.com or Bitshoot or Odyssey or, or maybe Gab or places like that. So I just want to mention, I'm on Getter as well. That's G-E-T-T-R, getter.com. My username is healthranger. So you can follow me there. I'm on Telegram. My username there is the Health Ranger, And then I'm on brighttown.social and my username is just healthranger. So I'd like to just remind you and invite you to join me on these other platforms and also just Get off of Facebook. It's like moron central there now, if you think about who's still remaining. Just get off of Facebook, get off of Twitter, go to places where you can speak the truth. And now, you know, years after the censorship began, we actually have viable alternatives, such as getter and brighton.social And these are all free to sign up, folks. They're free, you know, free to use. And there's no reason to still be on Facebook. There's just no reason whatsoever. All right. With with that said, let me give credit to uh, the the sponsor today, the Satellite Phone Store, uh, because we are facing a collapse of the infrastructure, I believe.
0: I realize I cut him off a little early. I thought it was some intriguing information. Um, There is a new website that I found. It's called VaccineDeaths.com. How to defeat the micro blood clots and block your spike protein to protect the quality of your blood an interesting article. It was written um, this month on the 4th, and uh, doctors and researchers are confirming that nearly all the negative side effects and deaths streaming from the COVID um, jab results from blood clots. I don't know. I, I think that the increase of cancer is another one that we're going to be seeing and seeing more of and more aggressive. Like People that were on admission and it came back and it's super aggressive and they die a year later and they die of cancer, they're not going to contribute that to the vaccine. And I think those weakened immune system, like I've talked about in other episodes, and there's a lot of data coming out that that's possibly too. Um, so anyways, the micro blood clotting seems to be likely the cause of millions of healthcare impacts and deaths from COVID-19 infection as well as COVID-19 possible jabs so this is what this uh article says the spike protein itself causes the coagulation or the blood clotting so like we've all said um things that possibly protect yourself from that you know um they think that the worst things on your blood like bad things to eat is hydrogenated vegetable oils which um We've been saying that a long time. That's found in coffee creamers and many other things. Those hydrogenated oils, um, canola oil is another one that extremely causes more inflammation. Consuming fried foods um, contributes to sluggish blood. Consuming, though, pasteurized milk is also harmful to the vascular health, is what this article is also stating. Um, darn, because I do milk once in a while and I do half and half and I... Should probably cut down on my dairy. I do like my cheese, though. They don't really say much else in this article about things you could do. So I just thought that's a new thing. The other thing that you know people have talked about is dandelion leaf that bo- blocks the um, spike protein. And in like dandelion tea, or I take a supplement that has the dandelion and the milk thistle and all these incredible things that are impactful to having a great functioning liver. There are three there. So this other one that says holistic um, health online info, dandelion leaf extract, block of spike protein. And also it says that pomegranate peel extract, which is another thing that I can find in my supplements. You can you can always reach out to me um, if it's on Proton Mail. I haven't been checking my Proton Mail as much I need to, but I'll let you know exactly what supplements I find the best um, that have those components in it that are pretty inexpensive. Because you know what, these days people are putting all sorts of crap out and calling it a supplement, and it's not even what it says it's in the bottle because it's not regulated, right? And I have had emails from people on my Gmail, and they people have asked me. You know, how do I detox from the jab and they have the buyer's regret, um, especially if they're in a way awake. The other ones that aren't awake, which there's so many of them, um, it's, it's saddening. It, that's where I almost feel like we live in a world that you're either almost like the matrix and there's a spiritual aspect to this that are just so people, so blind and others that are so awake. Anyways, I, I don't like to take my podcasts and have them extremely long, but I thought this was intriguing information about cannabinoids, dandelion root, um, protecting yourself against the spike protein, and, and if people that had the jab are exhibiting anything, they must be exhibiting and passing on the spike protein. Is it airborne? I don't know. Is it gonna cause mad cow disease? I don't know. Um, it's a, it, it just feels like the brave new world that we're in. And we have to turn to God and we have to go, okay, um, what does the Bible say about this? And Lord, what are we seeing in the world? Are we seeing parts of Revelations form out in our eyes and we're not seeing that book as clearly as we need to be seeing it? Are we living in those last days? Those are just questions that you need to ponder and pray about and search and slow down and rethink and pray and uh, do your own research. Thanks for listening.